telling you, this stuff fires me up. After year one, technically, you have enough cash value to be able to fund the minimum required premium if you had to. The internal rate of return, I mean, at year 10, it's over 2%, 15, 3.5. At year 20, it's over 4%. At year 25, it's 4.24%. And remember, Alden, this is not just that year. That's representing mm -hmm. every single year. If we buy more death benefit early on in the policy, then cash value necessarily has to increase. You can't put more into this mm -hmm. policy than what you see right here. You can't. If you did, it'd become taxable, and we're trying to avoid that, right? Yeah. The cash value and the death benefit equal each other. That's how they're designed. That's how they're supposed to be designed. Policies with whole life, the initial cost of insurance is higher than in, in, to some of the competitors like an IUL or a VUL. The contrast is whole life insurance decreases in cost for insurance over time, whereas the converse of that, IUL and VUL, they go up over time. The dividend going up and down over time will affect performance. Death benefit, it's a huge decrease. It's almost $4 million of decrease compared to the first policy we looked at. We want to be product agnostic, meaning the needs that you bring into the call, the questions that you have, what you want to do and why you want the policy is going to take our team through a process to find the best policy that fits your need. Hey guys, it's Caleb Williams with What's up, everybody? In today's video, I'm very excited because we're going to be diving into answering your questions about policy designs. We're going to be showing policy designs about a bad, poorly written policy, a pretty good policy, and an optimal design policy. And I, I use the word policies because what we'll find is there's pros and cons to any type of design. Um, I got an amazing friend, a colleague, a teammate, and a guru when it comes to all things policy designs. Alden Armstrong, dude, welcome to the show. We're going to be diving into the Penn Mutual side of this, and I cannot wait because this series is going to be so fun as we look at different companies, the pros and cons that they bring to the table. And I, I've been wanting to do this for a while because you are the genius behind the scenes that are helping us hmm. design policies for clients that come on board with us, and I could not be more excited. Welcome, man. Amazing. I'm really, really happy to be here. Uh, I'm popping my YouTube bubble, so let's uh, YouTube cherries. <laughs> let's get on with it and get going. And uh, my, my background is a little bit, I'm an infant banking practitioner. I have that, that core training from the Nelson Nash Institute. And uh, I've been in this space for, for a while. I got started in, in real estate originally and then discovered this thing of, hey, I can use my dollars in two places at the same time. So that was pretty cool. And ultimately, I went to a financial advisor. They told me like, yeah, I get this policy. This is the best thing ever. They sold me a variable universal life policy. Um, I did some more research, found out what I had, how I couldn't use it because of the surrender charges. And long story short, I got pissed off enough to become an agent, fix my own policy, and now I do it full time. So that's who I am. That's where I came from. Uh, and I'm, I'm just a nerd and a geek about life insurance. So here's what we're going to be doing. We are going to be creating a lot more content here at Better Wealth. So if you are not subscribed to this channel, and Alden, over 80% of people that watch our videos are not subscribed. How crazy is that? Do us a, a favor nice. and subscribe to the channel, like this video, share this with people that need to, to hear this information. And, and what I'm very excited about is I'm going to be doing more content with Alden. Like we, it's been very clear. People want to know case studies. They, we have some incredible things that we could share behind the scenes. Obviously anyone that comes better wealth, all their information will be kept private, but like we can share different examples and case studies of what we have mm -hmm. done. We're going to do that. We're going through each case uh, company because people have questions about Guardian and Penn Mutual and Lafayette Life and One America and, you know, 
MTL and Emeritus and, you know, all those companies, it's like, we can actually break down and like give people the goods, which is great. But then, but I'm just excited to like ask more technical questions. And so if you are in the space or if you're someone who's learning more and have questions or have a video idea, please comment below because we are reading every single comment. And if you guys don't comment anything, maybe Alden's uh, YouTube career will be over and that will be very sad. So, uh, Alden, anything that you want to say before we jump into the very exciting topic of Penn Mutual policy designs and the good, the yeah. bad, the ugly? What, what I'll say is that I think at, at Better Wealth, we want to be product agnostic. And what that means to us is like, there are products for reasons. There are companies for reasons. And every product and company fits a specific need in the person. So we're not here to bash any design or competitors' designs. We're not here to bash insurance companies. We're here to highlight why they're good and for whom they're good for. And once we identify that, I think you as a, as a consumer, as a client, ultimately a better wealth, we'll have a much better conversation of how we can actually help you and not just sell you the best widget that we see because it's got to fit the need that you have coming to the table. Yep. And this just gives you a shout out. You came on board and it, when you first came into Better Wealth, it wasn't like you came to us as a product expert or like a nerd when it comes to life insurance, but you're super proactive. That's a core value that we have at Better Wealth. We want people to be proactive problem solvers. And mm -hmm. what I love about you, man, is you ask so many questions. You ask questions that we couldn't even answer at a time. And so instead of saying, oh, like, I guess I'm just going to take that lame answer as a, <laughs> as a result, like you rolled up your sleeves and like yeah. what we've been able to uncover, like I put us up against anybody right now with, with mm -hmm. our ability to deliver product knowledge and serve people. And a lot of that's because you took on, took this on and we're, we're ruthless when it comes to finding this, the truth out. So that's just a, that's just a shout out to you, but yeah. it's also a lesson of like to anyone watching this or listening to this, it's like, be proactive. Amazing doors will open if people roll up their sleeves and really have that attitude. And so, um, we also have this mentality with, with anything. So if there's questions that we don't know the answer to, what I can tell you with, with my connections, with knowledge, uh, with Alden's, uh, curiosity and ability to, to, to understand how things work, like we can find the answer. And so, um, yeah. with, with that, we're, we're talking about Penny Mutual and we're going to have lots of different um, breakdowns from different companies. Uh, but Penn Mutual is a company that has popped up a lot. We, we have a relationship with them. We have some clients that do Penn Mutual. And so what I would love is to, number one, get your thoughts on Penn Mutual as a company. But then we, we have three different product designs. We can't give you unlimited because you can literally, there's a million different ways to design a policy. But we're giving mm. you kind of like a traditional, typical, bad policy and what you might be shocked, shocked is we could play devil's advocate and tell you why it's a good thing. We're going to then do a 60-40 or, or a 40-60. I'm sorry for the confusion. 40% base, 60% PUA. And you can see the pros and cons of that at Penn Mutual. And then we're going to do a max funded. And I'm not 100% sure what the breakdown of that is. But you'll be able to actually see the IRR differences of each, the death benefit mm -hmm. differences of each, and what you might find, and I know that uh, this is just st stick around, uh, Alden, you have a really good way of explaining the difference between like a 90-10 or a 10-90 versus like a 40-60. And um, for those people on the internet that are like, one way is the way, I think need to take a little step back and say, uh, there's there's reasons people do certain things and there's not a bad or good. And so anything that you want to say about Penn Mutual and and the work that you did before we jump in? Um, I've been working for Penn Mutual, with Penn Mutual for a while. Uh, great product, great servicing team. They excel really specifically in the long 
long-term growth arena. So there's other carriers out there. We're going to look at Mass Mutual, Lafayette Life, and some other carriers who have a higher early cash value. But if you line up any policy currently in today's environment against Penn Mutual with the same premium and same payment timeframe, payment, uh, Penn Mutual wins 10 out of 10 times. And so that's one of the reasons we love them is because we're thinking long-term, not for that instant gratification when we take clients to this carrier. So keep that in mind as we go through it. Yeah. Now, devil's advocate, I'll just right off the bat, you could say mm-hmm. that, okay, what if things change? You know, they're, what I love about Penn Mutual is they're very innovative. They have an amazing leadership team. Their investments are mm-hmm. solid. But but the, the problem with playing the 20-year, 25-year illustration game is things could change. And that's why it is important to have early yep. liquidity. Penn, we do get early liquidity with Penn, but like, what is your caveat to like... Um, potentially things changing where their illustrations will actually underperform. Absolutely. So the biggest factor for something changing the, the material performance, the internal rate of return of that policy is going to be the dividend payment. Because when you get a whole life insurance policy, you have a guaranteed interest rate that's going to be paid into the policy, whether you have a dividend that's high or low or none at all. And so the dividend going up and down over time will affect performance. However, the caveat I want to throw in here is that the chassis, the product itself, that's a contractual agreement between you and the insurance company. So even if they change their product, they adjust the, the different riders on there, they adjust the fees, you're locked in the day you buy the policy. And what, we'll, what we can look at a little bit later is policies with whole life, the initial cost of insurance is higher than in, to some of the competitors like an IUL or a VUL. But the contrast is whole life insurance decreases in cost for insurance over time, whereas the converse of that, IUL and VUL, they go up over time. And so if you have a solid combination of the right product with the company that is ha- has a good product today, given good riders, and those riders are achieving the goal of good long-term performance, even if the dividend changes up or down, the product is still getting more efficient every single day because of how it's built. Yeah. Love it, man. All right, let's jump into the first design that you're going to show. And why don't you just give a little context to what yeah. you did in designing this this policy at Penn Mutual? And I'll let you take it from here. You can share your screen and we'll kind of go through, go through the pros and cons yeah. of this policy. Perfect. So this first one I'm going to pull up is a what I'm going to call a basic cash value. So this is still a whole life insurance policy. And we're putting in on a 43-year-old male preferred to preferred health rating, $50,000 a year for 25 years. And we're seeing the cash value that's generated from it. What you'll notice about this policy, different from ones we're going to look at in a second, is the cash value available. So in order to get this design, when I first contacted Penn Mutual, back before I knew Caleb or knew anything about infinite banking, I said, hey, I want a high cash value policy. Can you build one for me? This is the kind of design they gave me. So the typical insurance agent, the typical insurance industry, when we think about higher cash value, this is kind of what we're often going to see. It's got some cash value. And when we juxtapose this with basic plain vanilla whole life insurance, plain vanilla whole life insurance has zero cash value for the first two to three years. So this does have high cash value in comparison. And that's what the typical financial industry knows. So when we're talking about this, some reasons why it's not optimal for the, the infinite banking concept necessarily, or, or even just having that high cash value uh, as another asset class. You've got an initial liquidity amount of a very, very small, right? You put in 50, you got seven and a, seven and a quarter or seven and a half thousand dollars to show for it. So I don't know what kind of investments or cards you're buying. This probably is not going to get you there if you want to do that early on in the policy. 
another thing I'm going to mention quickly here is I did run this policy design out to 25 years. So if you look down here at the 25 year mark, we're going to highlight this and have it in the show notes, but we have a 3.18% internal rate of return. An internal rate of return, just for everybody watching, it's not saying how much my policy grew that year. Your policy grows a whole lot more in the later term, later time frame of the policy than in the beginning. Internal rate of return is looking at all of the policy payments you've made and all of the returns that you've made, and then brings it and boils it down to the average for the length of the policy. So as you can see, the average goes up over time because your first year you put in 50, you lose 85% as far mm -hmm. as the, the cash value is concerned. So all the way out here, when we make this payment, you may have $65,000 of cash value increase in the policy, but we're only showing a 3.18 because it's averaged. Yep. So I just want to make that clear for everybody. Yeah, a couple, couple questions. What is the base on this? The base on, on this policy is around 35,000. And then we also okay. have a flexible protection rider. That flexible protection rider at its core, what it's doing is it's providing double the death benefit for a cheaper cost. Okay, so so in other words, and I'm just going to walk through this policy the way that I see it is 35,000 is base. That's a that's like kind of like the required premium that you have to pay if you want to keep this thing cooking. And so mm -hmm. even in the first it takes 3 years to have that type of cash value to if you wanted to cover the base. That's going to be important. Uh, it looks like at year 10, the internal rate of returns a negative 1.6% at 15 you we have a positive internal rate of return of one and a half which means like if that money was put into a tax-free savings account over you know 15 years for it to equal the same as the cash value would be it would earn 1.5 percent 20 it's 2.6 year 35 it's an internal rate of return of 3.18 um, and then you have them stop paying premiums and it is cool to see like the internal rate of return continues to crank with a death benefit at age tw or at the year 25 over th 3 million and counting because and so like yeah. that's pretty cool that i just want to want to point out um the initial death benefit on this thing what is the initial death benefit the initial death benefits almost 5 million so 4.7 million dollars and so i'm just the the pros and cons is like pro is like obviously initial death benefits heavy the reason it drops at year 26 is we're doing what's called a paid up, like we're reduced paying up, uh, which mm. we don't necessarily need to get into the weeds. Every company you can do what's called a reduced paid up. And obviously the death benefit will drop a little bit when you say, I'm never going to pay premiums again. But in a, and if it's designed properly, your cash value will grow in perpetuity until the day that you die. And the death benefit should also grow after you reduce pay that up. Um, but overall, this this policy is actually very good if you compare it to other typical policies on the market, mm -hmm. because it it shows cash value in the first year. But like yeah. compared to what we're what we see, it's not like I don't see a world where a ton of people are saying, "Hey, I want this design." Do you have any pluses to this policy over like another overfunded policy with like a term supplement? Yes. Yes, I think. In, in our industry, when we're focusing highly on cash value, we forget the benefit of a death benefit. If you've ever had close friends die and leave behind nothing to their kids and have to figure that out with them, which I have, it's an awful experience. 
So permanent life insurance is permanent and you get a big depth of it right away because you're paying more for the cost of insurance. You're just buying more, right? Yeah. So that is absolutely a benefit that I think we need to realize. But from a cash value perspective, from a bank a banking perspective, we want to use that term, there's not a whole lot uh, of benefit in the early years of the policy. And for most people, we're talking about a 43-year-old. This could be a business owner. This could be you know, somebody earning a high W-2. They're not going to want to, let's say, wait for 20 years before they can really start using their policy to a large degree. So I have one other point that I'm going to save that until we look at a comparison okay. view of all three. Cool. Let's go to the 4060. And the 4060 is where 40% is going to base, 60% is going to some type of flexible PUA, you know, rider, which I know every company is a little different. So we're going to do our best mm -hmm. to, in every company that we compare, do as similar as we can from a standpoint of everything's a little different here in 2024. So you have yeah. so $50,000 is going in. It looks like you have $26,000 of cash value an internal rate of return initially of a negative 46, 47, which means you have over 50% cash value, a little bit more. And in, mm -hmm. instead of a four plus million dollar death benefit, you have a 2.4. So why don't you walk through yeah. the, this policy and um, I'm going to write down that internal rate of return at year 10, 15, 20, and 25, just so we have comparison. Amazing. So one thing I'll say just kind of right off the bat is like I said before, every product can fit the right person. And I'm going to go into more about that in a couple of moments. This particular policy design that we're looking at has got a combination of a, about a $20,000 base. And then we also have that flexible protection rider on there that I mentioned, and everything else is going toward paid up additions. So when we're looking at the pros and cons, or let's say the, just the benefits really of this type of life insurance policy, you got that cash value. It's, it's strong and it's much stronger than the typical bill that you'd go and find from any typical insurance agent. We also have the death benefit. It's still fairly high. Now, you'll notice that it did drop by about half because now we're putting half of the premium toward the base cost of insurance and the other half is going toward building excess cash value. And something that's really, really unique that a lot of people don't truly understand about paid up additions. Paid up additions isn't just some cash account you throw money into. The technical definition, what's happening is every time you make an extra payment above your required premium for that policy, all those paid up additions are technically buying more insurance. That's why we see the death benefit grow over time. So you say to me, Alden, why do I want to buy more insurance? I want cash. So a cool thing that I can't illustrate for you in this particular example, but life insurance, when it's permanent on a permanent chassis, at some point in the future, whether at age 100 or 121, the cash value and the death benefit equal each other. That's how they're designed. That's how they're supposed to be designed. So you can understand that if we buy more death benefit early on in the policy, then the cash value necessarily has to increase. And that's going to be even a, a bigger moment in the next policy that we'll look at that's maximum funded because more and more dollars are building that extra, excess paid up additions and causing the death benefit, although it starts smaller, to grow very rapidly as well as the cash value. Love, love it, man. I, this is a common design for, for those. And I know you said that you're IBC certified. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's, oh, there's, it's common in the IBC community for people to start with like a 4060 and some people go more aggressive. Some people don't. Um, and you can see that this mm -hmm. is far greater when it comes to just a typical policy. Um, the first, the, I want to point out that the base, the required premium in this policy would be 20,000. 
Um, and I, I also want to say that there's some people that are watching this and say, I don't have 50,000. Like we're just giving an example. If you have more or less, like this will scale down or up, um, pretty, pretty universally. Obviously things change if we're only dealing with a few thousand dollars a year, but at the end of the day, like these are just regular numbers. And I also want to just say this in mid sentence, if you want to have conversations about with Alden, with your policy, if you want him to review your situation or just you want to work with Alden because he's amazing, uh, we'll have a link down below. And also, if uh, you want to learn more about this whole thing that we call the and asset or why would someone want to have some of their savings in a foundational asset, we have what's called the and asset vault down below. And you can go get more information there. And we have videos, resources, all good, all, all things for those of you that want to learn more, like we're going to talk about the philosophy of why, obviously this is a video yeah. that's quite technical. So I just wanted to point that out. But after year one, technically you have enough cash value to be able to fund the minimum required premium if you had to, like, that's pretty cool that yeah. after year one, you could self fund this thing. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing I'll, I'll correct about something you said is we, we made an assumption based on my statement. is the base premium. Remember, I've also got that flexible protection rider on here. And that that rider is getting the death benefit high enough to justify putting in a lot of that extra cash. So what is the base on here? It is 20,000, but the flexible protection above that's around five. Okay, okay. So is it, do you have to pay 25,000 each year to keep this thing afloat? To keep the policy in force. Yeah, so after the first year, the end of the first year, you have enough cash value to keep the policy in force for one more year if you had to. And that, cool. if you compare to any other insurance product, is already pretty cool. So there's a, there's a lot of really good things about this design. And if we compare apples to apples, which, Caleb, you may be going there next, mm-hmm. our, our internal rate of return over 25 years jumped to 3.9. So we're getting a better return because we're putting more toward building the cash value and providing that return to us yep. and less toward buying a death benefit. Yep. And, and we have, I have a lot of videos on internal rate of return. Internal rate of return does not show you the true value of your po- policy compounding. And what do I mean by that? It's mm-hmm. there's other benefits that you should value when it comes to life insurance. But when we're comparing life insurance, especially within company, it's a great way to compare policy one versus policy two versus policy three, because it's like the same company with the same type of assumptions. You're just essentially yeah. seeing the growth rate within that policy. And so internal rate of return is great. We're, comparing life insurance policies, it's poor when you're trying to compare it to the marketplace because life insurance has so many other things that are tied to it. Um, yeah, I, I love that after 10 years, instead of the first one, we were still in the negative. You have technically after 10 years, it's you're earning more than 1% and that's represented for every single year. Um, and then year 15 and this, it's almost at 3%, which is pretty incredible. And at year 20, you're at 3.5%. And again, these are still illustrating with historically low interest rates and uh you know interest rates Mm -hmm. you know and dividends can go up and down but you know they're they're potentially trending up if we you know as these insurance companies are buying treasuries and other things at at higher interest rates so it's very very interesting anything else you want to say about the 4060 and and i know that this is like when you probably got started was this kind of like the gold standard of when of like the 4060 is like the gold standard in designing policies yeah, absolutely. This this is a very common design type from infant banking practitioners. There's a lot of reasons for it. Um, I think it can be mis missold or improperly sold because there's not enough conversations with the client. But it's not a bad policy. I have sold at Better Wealth this policy, this type of design to people, 
And there's a, there's a magic nugget that we haven't talked about that I'm still holding back on that applied to every policy we're going to look at. I'll bring it up at the very end. Yeah. And if you've, and you've been liking this video, let us know if you have questions and subscribe to our channel. We're, we're hoping to grow and continue to get this message out to more people. All right, let's go to the max funded. And I would love for you to explain what went to the, the base and what went to the flexible rider yeah. and then what, what's going to the PUA. And this is for a lot of people who watch our channel and who's like, go do, does life insurance with us. They want to maximize cash. And if they're going to go with Penn Mutual, again, I want to be very clear. We work with lots of different carriers. This is one company that we work with and we're doing a series where we're breaking down like the different type of policy designs per company. Cause we find that content being quite interesting. And so this yeah. is with Penn Mutual, a max funded policy with cash flow. So you don't have a front load, you don't have money up front that you can stuff into this thing, but this is with cash flow. Why don't you walk through the, the design here? And I already see differences with death benefit and early cash value. Absolutely. So if we, if we remember back, that first policy premium, it had, I believe it was 35 or almost $40,000 going toward base contract premium that's buying a death benefit. Then you have that flexible protection rider, that term insurance effectively, that's buying an additional death benefit. That's why we see it so much higher in that first year because all 50 grand of the original policy we looked at is buying death benefit. Whereas the last policy, we kind of switched up, uh, changed up the ratio. 20 grand was going toward base and, and a little bit more toward flexible protection, half cash value. And that's why we saw a drop in death benefit. So this one, we're just taking it a step further. Out of this $50,000 premium, we have $8,000 going toward the base contract premium. That is literally the, the cheapest we can make it for what we're trying to accomplish, which is going to be the high cash value. Because we have eight going to the base contract premium, we've got about $2,000 of flexible protection rider, making that death benefit a little bit higher. We effectively double it for a much cheaper cost. That then allows us to shove $40,000 of that $50,000 premium directly into the paid up additions rider. Now, one question, I'll just clarify this real quick, I always get is, hey, I've got 40 grand going to a paid up additions. Why do I only have $37,000 of total cash value? The, the answer to this question is not as complex as some people think. Every insurance company charges a fee for something. Each insurance company is going to charge a different fee. It's called a load fee on the paid up additions that's being paid. So that's why there's a little bit of a dip in the first year and for subsequent years. You're not going to get that dollar to dollar value at any company. I don't know if that product exists. If it does, give me a call. Let me know about it because I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> so this policy, as you can tell, high degree of cash value. We have a, an opportunity very, very quickly to effectively recoup all of the dollars that we've put into the policy in cash value. So what does this mean? Effectively, it means you've overcome the cost of insurance and now you've just got a souped up savings machine with a whole lot of other benefits. And that is and a fantastic asset to be able to use and draw against. So Caleb, do you have any ad additional questions? Yeah, kind point, of point one I want to make is some people in their head, they're like, I can only start using my money once I've broke even. That's not, that's so not true. Like you can start using, yeah. you can borrow against your policy even in the first year if you have a reason for that. And it's like, it, because you're, you're committing to a, a long-term strategy when it comes to this, and so yeah. if you can use your money for a positive return on result, why not do that? And so what is the, I might have missed, but what is the actual um, annual commitment for a, a design like this? Just under 10,000. So, I mean, that's, that's, that just shows you, like we showed you a policy to begin with where 
you put $50,000 in, but the commitment was over three times that, over $35,000. This is just around 10,000. So flexibility is way greater. You have earlier cash value that you could mm-hmm. utilize to pay that if you needed to. You could also utilize that to do other things. The death benefit though, Alden, is one fourth, less than one fourth yeah. of what the original one. So that's like, what, I, what I'm afraid of is people doing a policy like this, foregoing what they should be getting insurance on because they're still like, yeah. majority of people that can save $50,000 into life insurance should have a way greater death benefit than a million. So the mm-hmm. downside of this policy is if you take this as insurance only, man, like I would, I think we're doing you a disservice if you're not getting more insurance for your family in the short term. Um, even though yeah. this does grow, it's uh, that's that's a point that just hits me. But I, the internal rate of return, I mean, at year 10, it's over 2%, 15, 3.5. At year 20, it's over 4%. At year 25, it's... 4.24%. And remember, Alden, this is not just that year. That's representing mm-hmm. every single year. Um, so you yeah. got a, and we're going to compare at the end, like the cash value differences. But I just think that's like, I think this is incredible. And now you're in, in the future, you're getting this thing at today's projections, earning more than 4%, even when you're not contributing there at the end. And remember, you have like a safe, non-correlated asset that's compounding not just the cash value, but the death benefit in a tax advantage Mm -hmm. way with a lot of other benefits. And we have so many other videos on our channel about life insurance and retirement or how people that want to do real estate and life insurance or business owners, like it's an and, it's a foundational asset. I'm telling you, this stuff fires me up because if people understood this they would get excited. So I want to hear your thoughts, but then I also want to hear your justification of why some people choose the 4060 because the way that we operate is we show people everything. Every person Mm -hmm. that comes and works with us knows the pros and cons. And there's some people that want to do the 4060. And I would love to hear your thoughts on why that's the case. Absolutely. So one thing I'll start with is Caleb mentioned you have a total cash value in the first year. And when we talk about, oh, how quick can I get to my money? Depending upon the carrier, it's somewhere between 15 to 45 days. Penn Mutual is much closer to 15 marks. So I just want to put that out there since we're talking about a specific carrier. Beyond that, the question becomes, what are you looking for? What's your goal? Why do you want an insurance policy? Do you want cash value in the policy? And do you want it to be a very, very high degree of it? This could be a great product for you because this is the best Penn Mutual can offer in the cash value department and their long-term growth is, is incredibly good comparatively to other, other insurance companies at present. Now, to Caleb's point, death benefit. It's a huge decrease. It's almost $4 million of decrease compared to the first policy we looked at. So we, we have something that we talk about with our clients called human life value, meaning John and, and let's say Maggie, John and Maggie Smith, John makes $100,000 a year. Maggie's a stay-at-home mom with three kids. John, if he dies, how much of his income do you think Maggie wants access to after he's gone? All of it. All of it. And so <laughs> that, that, that kind of situation is, is how we start to talk about human life value. Making sure John has enough insurance. And whole life insurance, permanent insurance is more expensive, period, because it will pay out. Term insurance is a fantastic strategy we use to help people get the coverage that they need or want for their family to make sure if anything happens, Maggie doesn't have to go out and get a sugar daddy. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's another aspect of this that's really, really important. Now, Penn Mutual, fantastic company. We're gonna talk about other carriers moving forward. 
So what I want to hone in on is, is why we even design 1090, 4060, or all base policy. So I'm going to pull up another ex example here, but I'm going to put all three of these comparatively on, mm -hmm. on a row and I'll talk through them one by one so you can see the benefits side by side, the cons side by side, right? Because there's a con of having a uh, higher cash value because the death benefit goes so low. But then there's something else that I don't think enough people on the internet are talking about. And this is the, the golden nugget that I referred to earlier. So this, if we find it on my screen here, excuse me. So and just, just to share, like we're talking, we're showing mm -hmm. three different policies. If you want yeah. to just point that out for the, for the viewer. Absolutely. So we have three different policies here. This is the first one we looked at. Remember, high uh, degree of death benefit, slightly less or a lot less cash value in that first year because most of your premium is going toward buying the death benefit. The one in the middle, this is going to be a 4060 design, less cash value than, or I'm sorry, more cash value, the death benefit comes down. And then the far right, higher cash value with the death benefit being much, much lower comparatively for the dollars that you're putting in. So to answer the question fully, Caleb, why do this, that, or the other? I want to take you on a little bit of a journey of an analogy because I think it represents what's actually happening in the policy really, really well. So I want you to imagine for a moment that every year in this policy is a plane ride across the country. So we're going from Arizona to New York. I'm down here in Arizona, yay, and uh, we're going up to New York. Every year, it's a one-way trip there and back. We're, we're just doing that for the life of the policy. The reason I want to paint the picture like this is because I want you to imagine that this whole life insurance contract is a plane. So in this far right example, we're buying a plane that can fit the 37 customers, let's say. So it's a small Cessna, you can fit 37 customers. We're filling every single one of those seats going across the country every single year. So we're having maximum efficiency because every seat is filled. Every single time we go across the country, we're making money and our profits are growing, right? But it's a small plane. Over here, when we go to the middle, this same amount of premium being put in, imagine this is a plane as well, but now, it's a bigger plane. You're purchasing a bigger tool, but you're only filling the seats 60%. So you've got 60 or 26 people, let's say, sitting in these seats, but you have room enough for a much larger amount. The, the first one that we looked at over here, this is a cargo plane. All right, you've got a couple of pilots in there, maybe some techs in the back seat, but you're not getting the use of all of the space that you're buying. And, and this is the real kicker. Every company is a little bit differently, but, but what's going to really bring this analogy home is this plane, this first one, this 1090 plane, you can't put more into this mm -hmm. policy than what you see right here. You can't. If you did, it'd become taxable and we're trying to avoid that, right? We yeah, want to not becomes a modified endowment in the contract. most legal way. Yeah. It becomes a modified endowment contract. Exactly. So this is the ceiling. You're filling that plane up. It's a small plane, but it's full. It's very efficient. Yeah. This middle one, it's closer to a 747. So we're putting in dollars the same amount because we're looking at it as the same amounts across all the policies, but it's only half full. So what does this mean? This policy gives you a larger degree of flexibility, meaning your base premium is, is higher, your minimum cost of insurance is higher, but instead of only putting, uh, I think right now, let me verify, you're putting about $28,000 into paid up additions in this policy right here. Instead of just putting that into the policy, you can technically put in up to 
$99,889 into this policy. So you're buying a bigger plane, you're just not filling all the seats. So down the road, one of the reasons we use this policy design, it doesn't go for everybody, but one of the reasons we use this middle one is you're a high income earner or you're someone who's got a lower income now, but you're in an industry that's gonna earn you more money. So in the next couple of years, maybe you start filling up that plane a little bit more and more every day because you can't yeah. do that with this one. So yeah. what I'm really trying to hit home here is this first policy, if you want 50 grand a year or whatever the number is, that's going to be what you pay every year and you're going to get the maximum amount of efficiency and benefit to your cash value in that policy. In the middle column, you're paying 50 grand because that's what you can afford today, but it's like the, the biblical concept of building a bigger barn, right? Yep. You're just building more room so you have more opportunity to put cash into it in the future. That's a conversation you can have with one of our coaches to figure out which may be best. I will say most people, um, we're focusing on that high cash value, this far yep. right column here. We're focusing on, on that because people want to use their money right away for investments or other things. I have both of these designs. <laughs> I've got multiple yep. policies and it just depends on how you want to fund them. So I hope that that golden nugget was worth waiting for because every single company is different. But yep. That concept remains the same if the agent builds the policy correctly. I, I think that's I think that's a great analogy. And there's really two scenarios that you could do. You could max fund a policy and get an additional term policy that's convertible, mm-hmm. or you yeah. could do a hybrid of hey, we're gonna we know that it's gonna be a stair stepping concept. And every yeah. company is a little different. That's the thing is like you can't go to every insurance company. They don't have some some companies you. If you do a 4060, they lock you in. You can't put more. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. some give you that opportunity. And I think that's a great example. And then the, the other example when you were talking about the plane is scenario one is just putting a higher value on the death benefit because life can happen in the next 20 years. And in scenario yeah. one, if you, and this is like a legit thing. If you were, if you could see the future and you knew that there was going to be a tragedy year nine, what policy would you rather have? You know, it's like, again, it, it's, you, I can't, it's hard for us to say on YouTube, you'd be an idiot to take the basic value, like value, because we're just looking, we're just valuing cash value, which is something that we happen to care a lot about around here. But at year nine, you know, it's a difference of almost 3 million bucks on yeah. death benefit compared to the max fund, max overfunding. So it's like, there's that, that's where, that's where it's like planning is, it, you, you take someone's inputs, you take their goals and you figure out number one, does overfunded life insurance actually add value to them? And then number two, it, what's the best type of design to give them the most amount of upside personal upside in the different scenarios that they want to play out so i think this is great uh alden is there anything else you want to say as we wrap this thing up like i said if you have questions if you want to meet with alden personally check out the link down below um you'll either meet with him or someone on a on our amazing team and if you want to learn more about what the heck is an and asset what we're what we're all up to uh when it comes to life insurance we have some of the best training uh, written training, video training, and we we really, really want people to understand the philosophy and the and asset. And so you can uh, go to our and asset vault where you can get more information and then talk to someone on our team when you're ready. Alden, is there any final thoughts as it relates to this? And I'm excited to go mm-hmm. through each one of these companies because I think 
the savvy people might be watching all of our videos and compare, but every company has different pros and cons. And I'm hoping that we'll do our best job and maybe in the beginning or end of each one of these videos to talk about the pros and cons, because the last thing we want to do is a one size company fits all because that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a sign of immaturity when you're just pushing one thing. Absolutely. And I started off this conversation with, we want to be, and we try to be at every conversation, product agnostic, meaning the needs that you bring into the call, the questions that you have, what you want to do and why you want the policy is going to take our team through a process to find the best policy that fits your needs. We're not out here trying to sell the widget that we believe in. Life insurance is the widget. And we've just got a lot of really smart people on our team. And we can build this with different companies, different ways, with different flexibility and different riders. So if, if, you, if you feel that this is a little bit of overwhelming, give me a call. I'll blow your brain up. It'll be fantastic. I'll just blow your mind. It'll be so much fun. Because what we've covered today is, is a small minutia of the possibilities. Even with Penn Mutual, there's other riders we haven't considered as well. So this is the, the basic version. And our team is, is the expert team in this space to give you the type of conversations you need to help you make a decision that's educated and ultimately gives you a sense of clarity so you have hope and a direction to go into. Love it. More videos to come. Let us know what company you want us to do next. Alden, thank you. I'm pumped to do this series with you and pumped to have you on the Better Well Show. And I would say for your very first YouTube video, you did a pretty dang good job. So good work, man. Let's go. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.